0: Hello and welcome to This Day Rocks from Vintage Rock Pod, the ultimate classic rock podcast. I'm Paul Stevenson, thanks as always for hitting play. Now today is October the 8th and a look at the rock events from this day in history takes us to 1988 when U2 scored their first UK number one single with Desire, taken from the Rattle & Hum album of course. Now the single peaked at number three over in America. And on the very same day, in America as we speak, Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon finally fell out of the Billboard Hot 200 album chart after a record 741 weeks. Absolutely crazy. Also, back in 1964, the number one on this day in the UK was Roy Orbison's classic Oh Pretty Woman. Now, born on this day, we have Procol Harum guitarist Ray Royer and another guitarist, John Cummings, better known as Johnny Ramone. He was born on this day in 1948 but died of prostate cancer in September 2004. But for our main show, we look back at a gig that happened on this day in 1967. <laughs> Yes, born on this day in 1967, a concert held at the Saville Theatre in London saw Jimi Hendrix headline with support from the crazy world of Arthur Brown. Now, according to a photographer who was there that night, Jimi's set opened with The Wind Cries Mary, and it was a small number of songs he played, because it was followed by Burning of the Midnight Lamp, Hound Dog, Can You Please Crawl Out Your Window, Un Blues, Purple Haze, Foxy Lady, and Wild Thing just the eight tracks apparently now i'm going to give you a little sneak peek into a future guest on the show here which i never normally do but it fits nicely with today's story the very man himself the god of hellfire not Jimi hendrix arthur brown spoke to me recently to tell me his stories and one definitely stood out he and jimmy were really good friends back in the day and he told how they almost formed a band together
1: on Reflection, it was set up by Chris Stamp, who was co-manager with uh, Kit Lambert of of ourselves and The Who. So there was a point at which uh, Jimmy, he wanted to go further. He'd come to a certain point. He was experimenting with, uh, you know, all the electronics, but he wanted to go further. And he wanted a multimedia show. And... He wanted Vincent Crane on keyboard. He wanted the experience. He didn't like his singing at that time. So he wanted me to sing and to be the dramatic figure because he wanted to make the music dramatic. So we we were beginning that when Vincent had to go and uh, committed himself in the end to Banstead, which was sort of a... uh, a place that looked after your mental states. But that kind of put the, if you like, the blank on it from the point of view of we would have had to wait and find someone else. So I began to think, well, I'd, I'd like to develop my own style if I'm not going to be with Vincent in there. And of course, it was a great experience uh, to sing with uh, Jimmy and and to go down to, uh, say, the Sing club in uh, New York to uh, do a two-hour jam four times in a week and just throw away all concept of any numbers we knew. Just everything came out fresh. I remember one of the audience coming up afterwards and saying that that was a sheer festival of joy
0: the brilliant arthur brown there a little sneak peek into a future big interview show that you won't want to miss he's in his 80s now but still releasing music still touring and as you'd expect has some great stories to tell hear the full thing very very soon but that's it for october the 8th i'll be back tomorrow with another story from this day in the history of rock but until then take care